What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Podmosh. So today's again another one of those idea breaks, and I'm kind of looking forward to this one. Um, I've always been interested uh, on the unknown. You know, what what do we not know? It's like, yeah, we can look up the things that we do know, and we can base policies, medical practices, uh, political policies, whatever the case may be, on what we do know. But what do we not know? The brain is one of those things that I'm I'm super interested about. So I was looking up different different things and came across this study um, by Tam Hunt. And I actually might get him on the show. We'll see what happens down the line. Um, but consciousness, what is consciousness? You know, why are some things conscious and others like apparently not? Is a rat conscious? Is a bat, a cockroach, bacterium, an electron? These questions are all aspects of the ancient mind-body problem, which has resisted a generally satisfying conclusion for thousands of years mind-body problem enjoyed a major rebranding over the last two decades and is generally known now as the hard problem of consciousness, usually capitalized nowadays. But after the New York University philosopher David Chalmers coined this term in a now classic 1995 paper in his 1996 book, The Conscious Mind in Search of a Fundamental Theory. It's a book. Check it out. Fast forward to the present era today, and we can ask ourselves now, did the hippies actually solve this problem? So there's a guy, Jonathan Schooler of the University of California, Santa Barbara, and I think they effectively did with the radical intuition that it's vibrations, like the idea of consciousness is all about vibrations. Over the past decade, they have developed over time, over the past decade, something called the resonance theory of consciousness. That suggests that resonance, another word for synchronized vibrations, is at the heart of not only human consciousness, but of physical reality more generally. So how were the hippies right? Well, we agreed that vibrations, resonance, are the key mechanisms behind human consciousness, as well as animal consciousness more generally. And as I'll discuss below, that they are the basic mechanism for all physical interactions to occur. All things in our universe are constantly in motions, vibrating. Even objects that appear to be stationary are in fact vibrating oscillating, resonating at various frequencies. Resonance is a type of motion characterized by oscillation between two states, and ultimately, all matter is just vibrations of various underlying fields. An interesting phenomenon occurs when different vibrating things or processes come into proximity. They will often start, after a little time, to vibrate together at the same frequency. They sync up, sometimes in ways that can only seem mysterious. This is, is described today as the phenomenon of spontaneous self-organization. Examining this phenomenon leads to potentially deep insights about the nature of consciousness and about the universe more generally. So Stephen Strogatz provides various examples from physics, biology, chemistry, and neuroscience to illustrate what he calls sync or synchrony in his 2003 book, also called Sync, which includes fireflies of certain species actually start flashing their little fires in sync with large gatherings of fireflies in ways that can be difficult to explain under traditional approaches. He also talks about how large-scale neuron firing can occur in human brains at specific frequencies, with mammalian consciousness thought to be commonly associated with various kinds of neuronal synchrony. Another thing he talks about is lasers are produced when photons of the same power and frequency are emitted together. This is, again, synchronous vibrations. And lastly, the moon's rotation is exactly synced with its orbit around the Earth, such that we always see the same face. Resonance is a truly universal phenomenon at the heart of what can sometimes seem like mysterious tendencies towards self-organization. So this guy called Pascal Fries, a German neurophysiologist with the 
Ernest Strongman Institute, has explored in his highly cited work over the last two decades the ways in which various electrical patterns, specifically gamma, theta, and beta waves, work together in the brain to produce the various types of human consciousness. And I talked about human brain waves in a previous idea break and how music really affects that. And it's kind of funny how music giving off vibrations in the air can change your very frequencies in your brain. These names refer to the speed of electrical oscillations in the various brain regions as measured by electrodes placed on the outside of the skull. Gamma waves are typically defined at about 30 to 90 cycles per second or hertz and theta, theta as a 4 to 7 hertz rhythm and beta as a 12.5 to 30 hertz. These aren't hard cutoffs, they're kind of general rules of thumb and they vary somewhat depending on the species. So theta and beta are significantly slower than gamma waves, but the three work together to produce or at least facilitate the exact relationship between electrical brain patterns and consciousness to, is still very much up for debate. And these various types of human consciousness are based on those different vibrations. Dr. Fries calls his concept communication through coherence or CTC. For Fries, it's all about neuronal synchronization. Synchronization, in terms of shared electrical oscillation rates, allows for smooth communication between neurons and groups of neurons. Without coherence or synchronization, inputs arrive at random phases of the neuron excitability cycle and are ineffective, or at least much less effective in their communication. The resonance theory of consciousness builds up upon the work of Fry's and many others in a broader approach that can help to explain not only human and mammalian consciousnesses, but also consciousness more broadly. And they also speculate metaphysically about the nature of consciousness as a more general phenomenon of all matter. So are all things at least a little bit conscious? That's the question posed. Based on the observed behavior of the entities that surround us, from electrons to atoms to molecules to bacteria to paramecia, mice, bats, rats, etc., all things may be viewed as at least a little conscious. This sounds strange at first, but panpsychism, which is the concept that view all matter as some associated consciousness, is an increasingly accepted position with respect to the nature of consciousness. The panpsychist argues that consciousness sub subjectively did not emerge. Rather, it's always associated with matter and vice versa. They are two sides of the same coin, but mind as associated with most of the matter in our universe is generally very simple. An electron or an atom, for example, enjoy just a tiny amount of consciousness, but as matter complexifies, or so mind complexifies, and vice versa. Biological organisms have leveraged faster information exchange through various biophysical pathways, including electrical and electrochemical pathways. These faster information flows allow for more macro-scale levels of consciousness than would occur in similar-scale structures, like boulders or a pile of sand, simply because there is significantly greater connectivity and thus more going on. I guess going on in biological terms and structures. Boulders and piles of sand only have thermal pathways with very limited bandwidth. Boulders are, or, and piles of sand are mere aggregates or just collections of more rudimentary consciousness enti conscious entities, probably at the atomic or molecular level only, rather than combinations of micro-conscious entities that combine into a higher-level macro-conscious entity, which is the hallmark of biological life. Accordingly, the type of communication between resonating structures is key for consciousness to expand beyond the rudimentary type of consciousness that we expect to occur in more basic physical structures. The central thesis of this approach is basically this, that particular linkages that allow for macro-consciousness to occur result from a shared resonance among many micro-conscious constituents. 
The speed of the resonant waves that are present is the limiting factor that determines the size of each conscious entity. As a shared resonance expands to more and more constituents, the particular conscious entity grows larger and more complex. So the shared resonance is a human brain that achieves gamma synchrony, for example, includes a far larger number of neurons and neuronal connections than is the case for beta or theta rhythms alone. It's resonating structures all the way down and up. This resonance theory of consciousness attempts to provide a unified framework that includes neuroscience and the study of human consciousness, but also more fundamental questions of neurobiology and biophysics. It gets to the heart of the difference that matter when it comes to consciousness and the evolution of physical systems. It is all about vibrations, but it's also about the type of vibrations and most importantly about shared vibrations. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. So that's again, when you ever, you ever get the idea that you're vibing with somebody or maybe you kind of click with some people more than others, that's why you have certain friend groups and you connect well with certain areas of, of uh, the city, like where you, where you go to party or where you go to, to H-E-B, whatever the case may be. Maybe it's because vibrations are shared at different levels. Y'all have a good one. Bye.